a week before Super Bowl edition of Birds 365. You got a two-man show today. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. How are you feeling this morning, Johnny Mac? A uh, little bit like the weather. A little bit too gloomy for me, Jody. Why I'm happy gloomy? to see you. Because I'm, because I'm you back though. with you today. I guess that would yeah. make you gloomy too, yeah. That's the only thing getting me through the day, I think, Jody. Uh, I, I sent out an apology tweet. I apologize to both of you guys yesterday. Just a complete screw up on my end. Uh, my wife was out of the house last night uh, taking care of her mom. So I didn't have anybody to wake me up. And I misset my alarm. So I, I woke up at 9.40. Man, that's a scary thing when you know you were supposed to be up at 6 o'clock. <laughs> and you look at the clock and it's 9.40. And the only reason I woke up was because my wife came home. I heard the front door open up. Otherwise, I'd still be sleeping, as a matter of fact. So I apologize profusely to uh, all of my Jacob Media team uh, YouTube uh, team members and uh, to all our loyal streamers who are here almost every single day. God bless them. Uh, so uh, my bad. Uh, glad to be back here this morning. Got a good night's sleep yesterday. Another good night's sleep last night. So I'm ready to rock with you over the next two hours. Uh, the only thing that I'm not ready to rock on is the uh, topic that you covered, I'm sure, extensively yesterday. Again, sorry for missing the show. But the NFL is in a tough spot uh, with the lawsuit that has been brought against him and the denials that are uh, coming fast and furious. Um, they can say that they're uh, not accurate and that uh, the lawsuit has no merit. But this is going to go forward, Johnny Mac, and it's going to be a tough time for the National Football League. Um, uh, I'm not there. I, I'm judging from afar, and I know it's not going to be uh, – I don't have all the information necessary to be able to say whether this is worthwhile and or not, but uh, just a little that I do know, and I readily admit that I don't know everything, I think that uh, Coach Flores has a leg to stand on. Well, you know, I think he does, but I think, you know, one of the things, and I was lucky to get, uh, lucky enough to get Dan Lust, uh, the great uh, sports lawyer on the show yesterday, it was all over the place yesterday from CNN to, to Fox News to right here on Birds 365. So you can tell. And one of the things I brought up to Dan and I was happy because it struck me and I, I was happy that he noticed the same thing because he's a professional. So it's his job to, to uh, read these things and sort of uh, look at it and see what's going on and, and things of that nature. And when you say that term, Jody, um, I certainly think Brian Flores has a leg to stand on when it comes to racial discrimination and hiring uh, practices in the national football league. I mean, that's self self evident. The league has admitted that uh, on on the record. Troy Vincent has admitted that the fact that they have the Rooney Rule, which doesn't work, and again they created a bigger problem by by bad legislation, which is impossible to um, you know use in a course, useful right. yeah. Um, I, I again, I talk so many times, usually on the field, about bad legislation from this league. This is an example of it off the field. But then does he have the leg to stand on when it comes to tampering and tanking? And what does that have to do with racial discrimination? So one of the things I brought up to Dan, I said, why, why are they 
throwing all this at the wall in a racial discrimination lawsuit, because to me, it makes you look worse. It makes you look angry at your ex-owner, who, by the way, hired you. So that hurts the racial discrimination aspect. Now, the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, who were also mentioned, uh, that helps in, in the information they had there. But if you'll notice the headlines, the tampering, the tanking, and by the way, I think the Philadelphia 76ers broke the sports world when it came to tank. I mean, people lose their minds when they talk about so-called tanking. Um, but I don't know what that has to do with anything other than if Stephen Ross is doing that from an NFL perspective, he could lose his team. I'm not saying it's not a big story. Right. But it has nothing to do with Brian Flores's racial discrimination allegations. So I guess it, I, it kind of, when you say he's got a leg to stand on, I agree and I disagree. I think he's got a big, healthy leg to stand on. And then he kind of undercut himself by some of the other stuff for this reason, Jody. It makes you come off as a disgruntled employee. Lawyers are going to use that. Dan said it. I mean, that's the first thing they're going to use. That is the first thing they're going to use against you. Understood. But you can be a disgruntled employee. It's not against the rules <laughs> to be disgruntled. It can be judged differently in the court of law and what your intentions are and the like. And I know the point that you're trying to make, and I agree with it. Uh, here's one place where it really does rub incorrectly, and it's going to become an issue. He filed, he, If he had just filed it as a, uh, I've been wronged lawsuit, and he wants to pile on top everything <clears throat> that has happened incorrectly to him and maybe illegally against him and uh, righteous to be able to sue for, that would be one thing. But he made it a class action suit which means he's attempting to get others to sign along with them that have been aggrieved in the same manner. Well, which is it? Are they aggrieved because of racial injustice or are they aggrieved because they were told to lose games on purpose and maybe had financial remunerations tied to it? Uh, you're spreading it out too thin over the course of several different issues yeah. and the like. Would it have been better as a narrow-focused lawsuit or is this what you really wanted to accomplish? Let's take as many pot shots at the entire National Football League, bring as many plaintiffs as we can into it. I love the fact that they call. I've never seen this before. Team one, team two, team three, and then John Doe teams four through 32. Mm -hmm. Then in the other 29 teams, which he didn't directly name. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I I think he's got, he's making good points. I, I was after I, rose from my sleep, I was able to watch a bunch of stuff on, as you mentioned, uh, ESPN, all the news channels and the like. So I got to see uh, Brian Flores. He's a very believable guy. He seems like the kind of guy that you would want to listen to what he has to say. But does his lawsuit really accomplish what he wants to accomplish? And I can't answer that question truthfully between you and I. I'm not sure what, what he wants to accomplish. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Dan brought up this and we brought it up as well. Um, I think the class action part is good uh, for the, for the racial discrimination aspect. I think you can get a, a lot of people on board with that. And I think it makes the case much stronger um, for the other stuff. As you mentioned, it's much more narrow focused uh, to an individual, although you Jackson came out and said similar things, but quickly sort of backtracked 
as well. Uh, I don't see anybody else joining the lawsuit when it comes to tampering. I mean, tampering happens all over the NFL uh, when it happens to tanking, which happens all it happened right here in Philadelphia. Um, Doug Peterson and, you know, whoever you want to blame for that, he now gets the blame for it. Um, it, 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 you know, it's tough to prove. Uh, I don't think, you know, there's going to be canceled checks for a hundred thousand dollars for losing football games. I, I can't imagine Stephen Ross would be that, uh, uh, that, uh, obtuse from an account accounting standpoint. So I don't know how you prove it. Um, you know, having Tom Brady on a yacht, I certainly believe that, <laughs> um, you know, teams are at the senior bowl this week. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's at the senior bowl. Uh, you don't think there's tampering and, and, and things of that nature talking about free agents coming up, uh, in, in, in March, uh, on March 16th, when the new league year starts happens all the time in the NFL. It's one of those weak, weak, wink, wink things. And it happens all the time in business. I'm not sure what, what you're trying to accomplish there. Uh, you know, from Stephen Ross's standpoint, if, if the tanking allegations are real, he's going to lose the Miami Dolphins. I did get clarity from the NFL when they immediately uh, announced their statement, which everybody took uh, very, very poorly, and they probably should have thought that out when they said the allegations are without merit. They were specifically talking about the racial discrimination allegations. They are going to investigate the allegations of tampering and, and tanking, uh, and we'll see what happens from that standpoint. But their statement was in related to the accusations against the Giants and against the Denver Broncos specifically. And both of those teams are really um, – strongly denied uh, what was being alleged against them. I know everybody focused on the Bill Belichick text messages. Look, I mean, I I know Bill's a 60, you know, that's easy to get around. You know, Bill's getting up there using technology. Um, if you read the text messages, you could take them as he didn't know which Brian he was texting. Uh, but yeah, easily. Yeah, but John. The whole thing about the Belichick text, it's it, it, you're right. It's easy to interpret. He just made a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody can make a mistake. Yeah. He made a mistake three days early. It's the timing of the text. Well, that and that's very you know, and, and that's why I wanted Dan address that specifically. Look, at the end of the day, if you're a lawyer, you just say, "Hey, Bill Belichick has no idea. He might think he knows. He's not an employee of the Buffalo Bills." He might have a lot of contacts. He might think he knows something. He doesn't know anything. That's he, he, from his standpoint, it was easy to get around, uh, uh, according to 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 Dan Lust. If you're a lawyer, it's easy to get around, which I which I understood. Um, I I don't think it was a smoking gun. Some people took it as a smoking gun. Oh, I I absolutely do. I, I I think it's easily uh, explained away. Now, again, we're talking about two different things, Jody. We're talking about the court of public opinion. Maybe, maybe it is a smoking gun in the court of public opinion. It's coming off like that. It's coming off like that to you. And then there's the real court. And I don't think it's a problem in real court is what I'm trying to say. They've already lost in the court of public opinion. I mean, they're, they're, they're terrible. 
in the court of public opinion. But they always win in the end in real court, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that in, in that, A, they have a collective bargaining agreement, so everything is very narrow-focused, um, and the Supreme Court is just doesn't overturn CBAs. They never have to date uh, because it would create, and I've had way too much experience with these stories in the NFL, and I've been explained by multiple lawyers what people don't understand is when Deplategate was on the verge of getting to the Supreme Court, I'll use that as an example. Ted Olson, who is the former Solicitor General uh, of of the United States and has okay. more had more experience in front of the Supreme Court than anybody else, was you know it, it was a not winnable case from from Tom Brady's standpoint. Uh, because of the CBA. So people are thinking that the, the Supreme Court is arguing about deflated footballs. They're not arguing about deflated footballs. They were taking up the narrow point that the NFL has the right to give out the punishment that they gave out. That was what, that was what was going to be the argument. And they're not going to overturn uh, a, a CBA because, again, this is the Supreme Court of the United States. If they do that in the NFL because the NFL is high profile, they got to hear all these other cases that creates precedent and comes with all these other industries. And that's why the NFL always wins or always has won at the end of the day in courts when things get that far down the line. But yeah, there is a simple misunderstanding that these courts and and forget about the Supreme court. It might be district court. Um, they're not arguing about deflated footballs. And again, I use that example. They're arguing about the law and, and in these very narrow issues. And I think most people don't really understand that. Uh, I, I know I don't understand every aspect of it, but I think I've got a pretty good grasp on it. And yeah, I do think that, Bill Belichick reveal of the fact that he got information. Don't know who he got it from. He was told, oh, by the way, can you see Belichick on the stand? If this thing goes to its uh, length and there is an actual Well, that's court the case. beauty of, and that's like, what is Brian Flores' goal? We, we discussed that as well. If his goal is financial, uh, uh, you know, he'll get a settlement because – the one thing the NFL doesn't want in any of these cases is discovery. We right. talked about it in John Gruden's case. They don't want all those emails out there. Yeah. So they'll they'll be willing to settle. That is the end game for people usually who are suing the NFL because they know they don't want to get to the discovery process. Um, in this case, but see, let me let me jump in there, John, and sorry to interrupt. We're, we're both of us are speculating. Neither one of us know for sure. Even as Flores did as many interviews as he did yesterday, he never, at least the, the ones that I saw, and I saw a lot of them. I don't know that I saw every one of them. He never at any point said, and here's what I'm attempting to achieve with my lawsuit. But I did see him say, it's not about the money. And his action unto itself kind of displays that. He's going to have a very tough job uh, time ever getting a head coaching job in the National Football League again. When you've sued the entire league, when you've gone through this process, you've made this biggest splash, you've pulled the NFL onto its knees, 
then you're going to actually think you're going to get another head coaching job. And one of the funny things that I heard and read yesterday was the New Orleans Saints general manager, Mickey Loomis, saying he came in, actually impressed them in their interview. And then when the interview was over, he said, (laughs) oh, by the way, I'm suing the whole league, which I thought was actually hysterical. But he's put himself in a position where there's a really good chance he's never going to get another job within the league. Yeah, I mean, and that's... Which is it? Is it about the money? He says it's all about making the point. It's about changing the procedures in the National Football League. It's about shining the light on an issue that the NFL has that needs to be addressed, fixed, and changed. Well, if that's the case, if that is his number one goal, what better way than to continue the lawsuit and not settle and go, oh, yeah, wait till you see Belichick on the stand. Give us the discovery on all these things. I'm not 100% sure what uh, Brian Flores is attempting to achieve by doing this lawsuit, but don't just dismiss the fact that he could say, how many, tens of million, uh, $20, $30 million? No, pass. I'll see you in court. Well, yeah, that's what nobody knows. In fact, people are speculating that he has uh, purposefully uh, sort of pipe-bombed his own career uh, for the greater good. Now, you know, if that's the altruistic ending, yeah, he could he could take this thing to the hilt as far as he can go. Um, but you mentioned the New Orleans Saints. Let's talk about some of the other teams who haven't made a decision: the Jacksonville Jaguars, the the uh, Houston Texans. Um, you know, what if the league goes to them and says, "Hey, you know, why don't you hire Ryan Flores?" A little wink, wink, and they offer the job to find Ryan Flores. Then what does he do? Does he turn it down? You know, there, there, there is a lot of ways. I think he takes the job, but he continues on with the long suit lawsuit. I think well, that's what he I, I, I think that hey, would probably be my coach, your, your coach. I'm up to the challenge, but oh, by the way, I'm not giving up any well, aspect of my lawsuit. You know, when that when that contract comes up, and you, you you know, it's pretty easy to put in a clause. Oh, by the way, you got the job, but you can't sue the National Football League. You then can't I sue don't your think partner. And you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision. And that's up to Brian Flores. What I'm saying is they can make it very difficult to make a decision, be it monetarily, be a job offer, be a all kinds of things. In other words, you know, I can go into something with these great uh, uh you know, thoughts and, 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 and goals of trying to help other people. And then when the league comes with a bag of money and a bag of power and, you know, change your mind. I don't know, Brian Flores, he might not do that. He might do it. I don't know. Uh, only one person knows, and that's Brian Flores. Uh, but the NFL, you know, I, I think it was Andrew Brandt who, who, said and he wrote about it on sports illustrated and he always jokes you know and and when the nfl put out its original statement of um the claims are without merit he just uh, the real translation of that is we got a lot of lawyers (laughs) and they got a lot of lawyers and they are well equipped and they obviously got a lot of money they are well-equipped to handle these things. Yes, they are. Um, but just, and again, John, you're trying it. I'm trying. We're all trying it. Uh, if you're not in the National Football League and you don't have a relationship with Brian Flores or been around him, you've never been a guy who's covered a team that he's worked directly for. So we're all 
judging from uh, a distance. He came off as a guy to me who doesn't want to be known as a sellout. That if the NFL, uh, through job offers, through uh, negotiations, through plea bargainers, I, I just got the feeling watching him yesterday and listening to what he had to say that he truly does mean this, that he brought this because he wanted change. If he didn't, Brian Flores could have filed this lawsuit a month from now, two months from now, four months from now. He did so right now while he was still in the process of getting interviews for head coaching jobs in the National Football League. This wasn't a lawsuit that was just going to dissipate and go away because he waited another month. No, he's a guy with on a mission who's trying to make a statement and take a stance. I think this, this thing is absolutely going forward. I I, I, I I agree that he comes across as a guy that is that is going to risk his career as as Colin Kaepernick did from a playing standpoint and essentially be um, I, I don't think blackballed is the right term, but essentially uh, being uh, removed from from the NFL world as far as job status goes. I agree with you there. But you say change the system. That that's where because I and I've asked a bunch of people this, and I I I asked Chris Franklin on the show yesterday. I don't know how to change it. Do do you know how to change it, Brian Flores? Because if you want to change the system, you better come up with a better system. I I believe the NFL, and I'm going to get killed for this. I know that. I believe the NFL started the Rooney Rule and came up with the Rooney Rule with altruistic motives. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The league is let's let's default to this, Jody. Let's say the New York Giants had no interest in handling and and handing their job or offering their job to Brian Flores. He was never in the running. So even if you stipulate that. And by the way, Tiki Barber had a really emotional uh, thought process about that yesterday on his show with the Maris, but that's that's another story. Um, if you believe that, the NFL is the one that forced the New York Giants to check these boxes by that legislation. They forced them to interview two minority candidates from outside the organization before they can hire the guy that they want to hire. And Randy Mueller, we're going to have Randy Mueller on, on the show tomorrow, the ex-NFL executive of the year who wrote a good piece about this that people should read at MuellerFootball.com. He said the NFL, and it is, and it's completely true, it's about relationships. Um, and when he was in the market for a new coach, different time, um, he always had the guy in mind beforehand. Three out of the four times. And that's still the case, Jody. Most of these teams, most of these teams, not all of them, most of these teams have a good idea who they want to hire to be their next head coach. And by the way, there should be. You shouldn't be firing your head coach unless you have an I idea. an answer, yep. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Let me, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a side swipe at the New York Giants. It'll probably make me look bad too. 
but I'm just dealing with the realities of the situation. Here's where the Giants come off as looking dumb. I'm not saying that it was a process that was already rigged, that they already had their mind. I don't know that. You can speculate on it, but none of us know for sure. But here's what looks really bad. When you interview several individuals for the job, all Caucasian, and then at the tail end, you bring in your minority candidates. Well, even if the day they fired Joe Judge, which they wouldn't have known, it, it all comes down to, again, you got to know the organization. Do I know if Shine uh, was already the guy that they knew they were going to make as their new general manager? There's a lot of moving parts to this whole Giants discussion. But here's the one thing I do know. They brought in Brian Dable, who would be the most obvious choice of the group. Because you hired an executive from the Buffalo Bills. Who is he going to? And you rightfully so. God, how many times I said this about the Giants on Philly Airwaves here on Birds 365, uh, the infrequent shows I do on WFAN up in New York. The way it should work in my mind is the owners hire a general manager. They empower him to make one of the biggest decisions in your organization year in and year out. Who's going to be your coach? The owners don't make that call. The owners are certainly kept in the loop. The owners' opinions are well noted by the general manager. But the last line of defense has to be the GM. You have to give that guy the right to pick who he wants as coach. Well, who do you think the Buffalo guy's going to pick? Of course, the ex-Buffalo coach, because he's got a working relationship, knows him already, may think very highly of him. Oh, shockingly, he picked him as a coach. So you bring him in first? And then you bring in Brian Flores afterwards, you're asking Brian Flores to, at the very least, swim upstream against an unbelievable current. And there's the possibility that it was just window dressing, that you knew what the Rooney rule meant. Uh oh, we've got to get two African Americans in here to uh, interview for the job. Otherwise, we're going to get called on the carpet. Let's go ahead and do that, even though we know full well we're already hiring Brian Dable. That's just bad management. That's just poor planning. You've got to know you're going to be scrutinized about this stuff. You didn't know that this unbelievably mega lawsuit was coming down the pike. But every oh, uh, shoot, I had a guy calling my show during the week about the Giants and going, they, uh, they, they, they had no intentions whatsoever of hiring a minority candidate. Uh, my buddy Leslie, who calls me all the time, who's not the brightest bulb in the world, but he well, Leslie, had that Leslie had, yeah, Leslie has no idea. But all right, let's, yeah, well, but let's, he was right, and I, I, I know he we said it before Flores came out with it. Now but, the Giants are being sued for being uh, a racially motivated organization. Yeah, but that's you got to give him at least that much credit. But that's stipulating that uh, that Flores is right, and right now it's an allegation. Now I think over. Over the long term, and I'm talking about specifics, over the long term, there's no question the NFL has got a minority hiring problem. I mean, they, as I said, to start the show, they've admitted it on the record. They've admitted it de facto by creating the Rooney Rule. But again, and that's where I say to Brian Flores and Jody McDonald and anybody else, and by the way, I'm in this camp and I agree, there's a problem. I just also admit I don't know how to fix it because this sure as hell damn well didn't fix it. So let's last night, the Minnesota Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell. All right. Now let's use your GM uh, sort of method. Um, They hired an African-American GM. 
uh, a kid from Cherry Hill right here in South Jersey. Yep. Um, good for him. Uh, Princeton grad went to Stanford. Um, you know, he gets a GM job. He now has a, 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 a modicum of power in the National Football League in one organization. It comes down to Kevin O'Connell and Jim Harbaugh, two white guys. Ryan Poles gets the job in Chicago. He hires Matt Everflus. Everflus. I don't. I don't know how to fix this, Jody. I don't know how to fix it. I don't think anybody else knows how to fix it. So we're all arguing about, and I'm not arguing. You're not arguing, but you get my point. People are yelling at each other, calling people uh, racist, and some of the worst th- terms you can throw at people imaginable. And all they're doing is 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 sort of arguing about something we all stipulate to. Now let's fix it. How do you fix it? How do you fix it? That's what I want to hear from Brian Flores and everybody else because the Rooney rule doesn't work. I stipulate that. It's clear. Now, the Vikings, D'Amico Rides, the old Eagles linebacker, who I still know a little bit, was one of their finalists. On Tuesday night, he pulled out. You know why he pulled out, Jody? Because he knew what he was there for. He, he, he knew what he was there for to check the box. Patrick Graham, another Giants guy, got interviewed last minute before Jim Harbaugh came that's, in. That's the point I'm trying to make. It just looks, even if it's not bad, it looks so bad. That but they that's, bring but in that's, the actual but candidates that, they're considering. And then at the end, they bring in a couple of minority candidates just to be able to, to use your phrase but, accurately so, check the box. But And here's the, the second part. So I'll use, because this is the recent one, and I know that organization. Okay, the first round of, of, of interviews were all virtual. The, the the Zoom interviews are what everybody talked about. They put the list down, but they don't count. They don't count with the Rooney Rule. Now, as long as there's no COVID restrictions, which the NFL has scaled back again, not only do you have to have hire two minority candidates from outside the organization, you have to interview them in person. Person, right. So as the Vikings were preparing to make their decision, and their decision was between Jim Harbaugh and, and, and Kevin O'Connell, they also had to bring in people in person. They went out to Los Angeles to interview Raheem Morris because they had to do it in person. And then they brought Patrick Graham into Minnesota, and they brought Jim Harbaugh into Minnesota. They interviewed Kevin O'Connell in Los Angeles as well, because for obvious reasons. This is the NFL has created this. So again, it was altruistic in the fact that they want people to consider minorities, but they force teams, they force teams to do this. And then it comes across your right of checking the box. This is the unintended consequence I always talk about. The NFL thinks they come up with these great rules and the unintended consequences. It's obvious that these people aren't really being considered and they come across looking even worse than they would have had if they just let the organization hire the, the guy they want in the first place. Uh, I don't I know do. how to fix it. Yeah, nor, nor, nor do I. And maybe... Brian Flores, in uh, any of the interviews that I saw yesterday, he didn't have a 
comprehensive plan. I don't know if he was asked about it, but he, he didn't put forth a comprehensive plan as to how to make the situation better and fix it, as you say. Um, one last point on this, and we'll take our first time out. We promise we will talk about football today. This is kind of, it's about football, but it's off the field stuff. They are actually playing. Ooh, the Pro Bowl this weekend, oh. which Jason Kelsey Josh will be Schwett. taking a part of. Pro Bowl. Good, good for Josh Wett. Uh, and the Senior Bowl is actually taking place down in Mobile, Alabama. And that is probably the main reason why John and I are going to talk to each other for the next hour and a half <laughs> here on Birds 365. Because the many attempts we made to get guests to join us were thwarted because they were either in Mobile or coming home from Mobile or traveling to Mobile. So the league is very much despite this mega story and one that has far reaching uh, consequences, um, they are trying to get on with business, which includes the scouting combine. But I will say this about the NFL. And I know it's going to make me come off looking like just what I've often been accused of a Roger Goodell apologist. Uh, People, the NFL fans just seem to hate Roger Goodell with this passion that I just don't understand. I think he's got one of the most difficult jobs on the face of the planet. I certainly don't shed any tears for him because he's making $35 million to do one of the most difficult jobs on the face of the planet. But please let me point out the fact that when you say the NFL, it's the NFL fault. How is the NFL going to fix it? This is all on the NFL. There are two very distinct and different camps as far as I'm concerned. There's the NFL's executive office, which is in Manhattan, which is headed by Roger Goodell. If you look at his staff, there's a whole bunch of racial diversity on it. And Troy Vincent, the next Eagle, is as big a mover and shaker in that world, in that group, as anybody else. And then you have the 32 owners of the National Football League teams. I know Roger Goodell works for them, so there is certainly a tie between the two, but they are also separate. Roger Goodell can't make anything happen. He can influence. He can be heard. He can try and twist arms. But at the end of the day, Roger Goodell can't implement anything. He can't really do diddly squat. I'd love to have a job where I'm paid $32 million to not really have to be able to do anything. But that's the fact, Jack. It's the 32 teams. It's the owners of the 32 teams who have to sign off on everything, who I think are at the root of this problem. Because Roger Goodell, as you correctly stated, altruistically put the Rooney Rule in place. That they were trying to do the right thing. It has now been in place for years, and it has accomplished almost nothing. So, but he at least made the attempt, but he can't force the owners to hire candidates. He can't, I demand that you hire that person as your next head. He can't do that to his boss. Wouldn't you like to be able to walk into your boss and tell your boss what he needs to do? The world doesn't work that way. So when you make a statement like the NFL, you need to be a little bit more particular. Are we talking about the 32 owners? Or are we talking about the guy who is tasked in overseeing a lot of things that the NFL does only with the permission of the 32 owners? There are two, for me, distinctly different groups here. There's Uh, the NFL's ownership, and then there's the NFL's front office, and they're separated. Jody, this has been a passion of mine that I've been writing about for over a decade, 
people don't understand. You probably heard me say it on this show. I've said it on a hundred shows. People do not understand why Roger Goodell makes that 35 to 50 million. He topped out at 50 million before the, uh, before the pandemic. Um, he makes that money because he is a lightning rod and he is willing to be the lightning rod that everyone blames everything on. And the real power is the 32 owners, as you mentioned, and they get the skirt under uh, underground for all of these controversies that everyone talks about with the NFL. And Roger Goodell is front and center, taking the hits, taking the lightning rod, doesn't have any power. Those are the guys who have the power. Now, he could do, there's certain things he can do. Uh, he can certainly use his power against the players, which he has probably too much over the years. That That is a fair criticism. He can even um, penalize teams uh, who are accused of doing things uh, like you've seen over the years with various cheating scandals and taking away draft picks. He can do some of that. There's a little bit of arbitrary power uh, as being an arbiter, so to speak when teams are battling against each other. But as far as the collective and as far as the way the NFL handles its policy, that is the owners and that is them putting their heads together and going in the direction they want to go. Um, and yet yeah, not many people realize that. And they think Roger Goodell is this all powerful wizard. Uh-uh. I always say the most powerful guy in the NFL by far he is Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, yeah. And Robert Kraft is probably number two. And then there's there's some other powerful owners. Um, you, if you're on the television committee, you're very powerful. Um, those are the guys. Uh, and, and by the way, those are the guys. You talked about the process of hiring head coaches. GM should be involved. You should hire a GM. I, I, I grant you, I agree with that. I think the traditional structure of GM head coach is, is the proper way to go. But owners decide who the head coach is going to be. And they do, and they always have, and they should. It's their team. They should be able to have an impact on that. And until you get more diversity there, good luck with that. I don't know. You, you, you act like billionaires grow on trees. And you, you, by the way, you can't have one billion and buy an NFL team. You got to have tens of billions of dollars, with the exception of Mark Davis, because of family ties. Uh, some of these guys are are unbelievably rich, uh, and it's their organization, and they do what they want. And look, Jeffrey Lurie in Philadelphia is a perfect example of this. He's one of the most progressive guys in the history of the world when it comes to his politics whether you want to call it liberal, whatever term you want to use. He hasn't hired an African-American since Ray Rhodes to be a, a head coach or a coordinator. Um, Todd Bowles was here for a very short time as the defensive coordinator, but that was an interim role. Uh, he started out as a position coach, finished the year. Hasn't hired one. So when he hired Ray, which 95, maybe somewhere in that range. Um I don't know. If you ask me, is Jeffrey Lurie racist? I'd say he's one of the least racist people in the world. Um, yeah. It, 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 I, I, again, I don't know how to fix it. 
I can look here in the camera and say, I, I give me, give me a solution. I'm, I'm willing to listen, but pointing out things and saying, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. That's great. I, I I'll even agree with you a lot of the time doesn't accomplish anything. I, please give me the solution. That's what yeah. we're all looking for. And I think the phrase you've used before, and every time you do, I smile. Uh, Roger Goodell, eh, crash test dummy. A very highly uh, incentivized yeah. crash test dummy. He does not mind being the crash test dummy for the National Football League owners because he makes big bucks. But it, it, he's got one of the hardest jobs on the planet, and people just want to tear him down, which I always end up rolling my eyes about. All right, hey, uh, we've been off on this tangent for upwards of 40 minutes. We come back, let's do some actual football. I was surprised yesterday when news came down that Jalen Hurts was going to have surgery. This is, again, one of the things that never makes sense to me. The Eagles season has been over for several weeks now. They should have been able to get a look at that ankle, give them a day to get back from Tampa, day to rest or whatever. They're deciding to do the surgery now. Uh, somebody's got to explain that to me. I'll ask John McMullen about that. Jody McDonald, Johnny Mac, Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We appreciate you. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
He is John McMullen. I am Jody McDonald, off shipper, ready today. Unlike yesterday. Again, I don't know what I've got to stop apologizing for this, but I'm uh, not ready to go there yet. Uh, my bad just completely screwed up yesterday. Made Johnny uh, Mac do the heavy lifting. He's doing it again today because he does it every day. But uh, somehow we'll get through the two hours. Uh, we talked extensively in the first segment, 40-minute segment, uh, about the NFL and their dealing with the lawsuits that they're facing by Brian Flores. Um, it's not going away anytime soon. And it's going to pop up here on Birds 365. We're a football show. We're an Eagles show, and we're going to talk more about the Eagles than any other individual team, but it is a football show, and this has implications on the Philadelphia Eagles and every other National Football League team. So, uh, again, if you're, this is something that you don't want to pay attention to, it's something that bothers you or annoys you, sorry about it. I just kind of think it's necessary on this football show that we have to talk about it, but I also realize people like to talk about what's going on in the field, and we are just nine days away now from the Super Bowl which Eagles will not be playing in, but the Cincinnati Bengals will be in there, a team that was four and 11 and one last year, much like the Philadelphia Eagles. And they did a lot of things right and made a lot of smart moves. And sure enough, they ended up in the Super Bowl. So it certainly gives hope to you Eagle fans out there that that kind of off season can be had by the Philadelphia Eagles. It is ongoing right now, the off season down in Mobile, Alabama, where the senior bowl is taking place the Eagles have a contingent down there. A bunch of the media guys from Philadelphia are down there because we couldn't get them to commit to come on our show today because they're busy being out of town. Um, John, I went to the uh, Senior Bowl once when I was a wee lad. I was just a production assistant at ESPN. I had no real responsibilities. My uh, work was to just make sure that everybody had everything that they needed who was actually doing stuff down there. But it was... 30 some odd years ago. Uh, and it was to me as a new guy, just in the media business, I was only at ESPN a couple of years at that point. I was 24 years old, something like that. Um, it was so big and so impressive and so uh, detailed and awe-inspiring. And now having been part of the media for 30 years, past, it's another day. And yesterday was like a prime example with all the great uh, places that teams have built. And you talk about what Dallas invested in building their uh, unbelievable uh, structures the, down in the Dallas, star. Yeah. Minnesota and everything else. This is old school. The senior bowl is old school. It's just on a college campus in a college town with no roof whatsoever. So here comes mother nature yesterday to come in and rain on everybody's parade. And I remember the couple of days I was down there, it just was awe-inspiring. And now it's like, how the hell do they have one of the most important things? And they get rained out. But that's exactly what happened yesterday. And I, I do kind of like the fact that it is uh, old school and you got to get your uh, be ready to get your fingers dirty if you want to make it into the National Football League. Yeah, the Senior Bowl is, you know, and I'm glad because the NFL sort of put pumped a lot of money into – um, I think it's the East West Shrine Bowl and people were, it's the same week it's going on in Las Vegas. And, you know, people are saying, wow, Vegas, and it's going to be on the NFL network and it's going to change the senior bowl. It ended up, it didn't change the senior bowl. Everybody still uh, looks at the senior bowl as the game. Now we'll see if that continues down the road. 
um, as they continue to try to ship things into more of their purview, I guess it would be. Um, and, and generally, uh, they succeed in matters like that. So it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and we, we, you know, people talk about the combine and, and it's a similar, uh, type of atmosphere in Indianapolis, uh, where it's very close knit, obviously, you know, big NFL stadium, but, uh, you know, you get an opportunity to meet agents and executives and they're at the same bar as reporters. And, you know, you hear all this information. It's sort of like the old school. Um, and they're talking about taking that out to Los Angeles because they built a new stadium out there and they have a whole campus for NFL media on the stadium. So everything is changing. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. I didn't go to the senior bowl this year. I've been, I've been to a bunch of them, but I've been there in about five, six years. And I'm kind of like torn every every time this week, every time of year, because I'm like, eh, I, don't, I really don't want to go down there. It's difficult to get the mobile. It's a hassle. Um, you know, I've done it a bunch. Um, but then you miss and you see people seeing stuff that you don't see. And you start to go, man, I wish I was there. Julian Laurie was there for the Eagles. Yeah, that's I said Julian, not Jeffrey, which is kind of big news. Um, you know, as he tries to sort of groom him to take over the Eagles, his son long term. Um, so there's always some stuff that's interesting, but even that's changing with the pandemic and everybody's farther away and it's not as close knit. You were there years ago, you know how close knit it was. Um, so everything's changing. And it's usually for the worse, unfortunately. But uh, as I said, I haven't been there for a long time. They still do value it. I get this feeling. And again, yeah. it's, it's me all reporting. You actually have more conversation with people who are still traveling down there and going, uh, despite the fact that the NFL has tried to move some things in different directions. My buddy Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible is part of the uh, all-star game that they played last week out on the West Coast, the NFL PA Bowl. There there are groups that are trying to, I don't want to use the word attack, but uh, take chunks out of the Senior Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the NFL being not, one of them. They're not <laughs> succeeding. No, they aren't. It's still the preeminent place for players to go to show their wares before the combine. It has been for decades. It used to be there was no, it was it. That's it. The senior bowl. There was nothing else. And these other all-star games started to pop up and, and give players. And Hey, any chance you get to get out there and show your wares and make a statement for yourself. I'm all for it. More, the, the more, the better. Less is not. Uh, but I think it's actually uh, unique that the fact that the senior bowl, despite the fact that others, and it might be because it's in mobile, as you just stated, who was it? it was one of the guys that I uh, reached out to yesterday and couldn't get a hold of. He was driving to Mobile because flying is such a pain in the rear end. He was going to get in the car and drive it for 20 hours rather than actually fly or whatever. Yeah, mobile is, mobile is a tough place to get into, which is a pain in the butt, but uh, that's where the teams are this week. Uh, you did mention, though, that Jeff Laurie is not there. And Jeff Laurie has been there in previous years. He's actually, they've shown video of him again. I haven't been down there in decades. But you see him there with the whistle, and he seems to be into it. He's smiling and everything else. 
and some people question whether Jeff Lloyd was too hands-on, that an owner's place isn't necessarily at the senior ball, that you should leave that to the people that you hire to do those type of things and make those type of decisions. You read anything into it above and beyond? Because, yes, this is more often than not over the last three years, five years, ten years, draw your line wherever you want to. Uh, Jeff Laurie has been there more often than he hasn't been there. What do you think the reasoning was behind him passing this year? Um, Jeffrey's 70 years old. Uh, That's what you think. You think it's an age thing, huh? I, I mean, he's still, you know, very active. I mean, I, he's, you know, one of the few owners you will see at practice every day uh, for the most part, unless he's traveling. Um, so he's still very active. It's not like he can't go, but I think he's grooming his son uh, to take over the organization. And that's part of it. And um, he wants him more involved uh, in, and he's already started that process. He has for a couple of years. Um, and he, and he wants to see, um, he wants him to see and get sort of cross-trained in every aspect of the organization. And that's his plan. His plan isn't, um, uh, to sell the team or or have the team, you see what's going on in Denver, or have the team, yeah, uh, go into some disarray. Um, it, his 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 plan is to pass it to his son, um, and that's the long term goal. And to do that, I mean, he's he's still very young, Julian. I think he's twenty six, twenty seven. So it's not like Jeffrey's planning on stepping away. Uh, tomorrow or two years from now. Uh, but you do have to be realistic as you get older in life. And uh, he wants to make sure his his son is ready to take over the Eagles when um, he is unable to, to do the sort of day-to-day duties it takes to run the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's just ramping up that process. Now, how do you think that works? Again, this is the difference between Jordy McDonald and John McMullen. John's a reporter. I'm a responder. I, I see things happen and I come on here and on my radio outlet gigs and I respond to what's transpiring. John is actually there covering the news and trying to get sometimes even ahead of the story. What do you think the marching orders are on Jeffrey Laurie's son? Is he supposed to like turn and walk the other way when he sees John McMullen and or any other <laughs> significant Eagle beat reporter that he's not supposed to uh, t- certainly not allowed to talk to, not allowed to see, not allowed to acknowledge. How much under wraps is this young man? Um, yeah, he's not made available to the media. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Jeffrey doesn't. Jeffrey talks, you know, maybe twice, three times a year, and it's gotten even less during the pandemic. I uh, sort of does a state of the team address before the season. Generally talks at the league meetings in years past. Um, obviously if he fires a head coach like he did last year, he's got to talk. Um, but you know, he's not first and foremost, the, he set up the structure where in season, the voice of the organization is, is Nick Sirianni or the head coach at the time. And the off season is for Howie Roseman, um, Howie season, so to speak. And that's how he set it up. And, you know, I would imagine he's trying to teach his son that um, he should run the organization in the same way. But, you know, 
people are their own people, so to speak. And if he decides to do it in a different way, 15, 20 years down the road, uh, that, that'll be up to Julie and Laurie. But, you know, it is interesting to my knowledge, and I've talked to a bunch of guys down there, uh, you know, Howie's there, Nick's there, Nick Sirianni, uh, Jeff Stoutland was there, uh, would be the most high profile coach and, and, and Julian Laurie. And I'm sure there's some personnel people obviously, but um, that isn't going to get as many headlines. So it's interesting that it's a small cast and he's one of them. He, uh, if he's down there and his father's not down there, I think that's pretty significant. I think uh, that lets everyone know that this is the future direction of the Philadelphia Eagles. When does the future actually kick in? None of us know. We're all just speculating on this. Um, but uh, Eagles have some big decisions to make in this upcoming draft. How are they going to use those draft picks? Who are they going to use them on? Uh, and they have a contingent of individuals down there evaluating. I wonder if Julian is actually helping them make the pick whether they're going to go. Uh, oh, don't go draft. there, Jody. Don't go there. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys. Yes, it is a Birds 365 Thursday edition. We're not much further out from the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll, we'll kick that around a little bit when we come back, but continue to talk about the Senior Bowl and the Pro Bowl, which is down one Philadelphia Eagle, which no one should be surprised about. Uh, Jason Kelsey decided to beg off, uh, probably because he didn't want to have to answer any questions about whether he's going to be playing more football in a Philadelphia Eagle uniform not an NFC Pro Bowl uniform. We'll come back and talk about that next year on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mega Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Bird 365. Um, John with the Senior Bowl this week going on down in Mobile, Alabama. That's drawing a lot of attention. Howie Roseman down there with his staff and the Pro Bowl being played in Las Vegas. And the Eagles keep adding Pro Bowl guys, but they're also subtracting Pro Bowl guys because, uh, as expected, Jason Kelsey, uh, Kelsey decided to bow out. Um, I knew that was coming. If I were a betting man and they had offered odds on that, which, oh, by the way, this week going into the Super Bowl, you'll be able to bet on some of the craziest things you've ever uh, even thought about betting before. One of them was not who's going to actually show at the Pro Bowl or not. Um, I was hoping that Jason Kelsey, maybe different people have different ways they look at things. Uh, I can be a spin meister here and go, hey, this is good news. Because when Jason Kelsey wants to retire, I could see him wanting to go to one last Pro Bowl to have that experience. You never know when your last Pro Bowl is. I'm spinning here, John. I don't know if I'm yeah, actually you're spinning. hitting on it. Yeah. Uh, it's probably more the fact that he is the age that he is and he takes the beating that he does, that he doesn't want to put his body through that again. I Only Jason knows for sure. And he's- Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Not speaking, but that lends me my next question. When is Jason Kelsey going to speak? We've been talking about it for weeks uh, throughout the season, leading up to the end of the season, leading up to the playoffs. 
Jason Kelsey's got a big decision to make, certainly for himself, but it's going to have a major effect on the team. I'd love to just uh, slough it off and go, ah, well, we got the most out of Jason Kelsey. He's had a phenomenal career, but oh, they still need him. They're not the same team when he's not in there. Well, let uh, me say this, Jody. At the highest of high yeah. levels. You shouldn't want Jason Kelsey to speak at this stage because if he's speaking, it's going to be Brandon Brooks uh, level speaking where he's talking to us because he is walking away. I, I imagine we're not going to talk to Jason until OTA start and he's going to be back and he's going to be playing. I think he's going to play another year. Do you think there's not going to be any statement between now and well, now? No, the statement is going to be when the Eagles uh, have to make uh, the decision and Jason's going to let him know that it's going to be a statement of finances and the fact that they're going to announce a one-year deal. And maybe they'll have Jason talk at that point when he signs his contract uh, for 2022. Um, there's a possibility. But, you know, they built into the contract that Jason has to make a decision, in essence, by the start of the new league year so the Eagles can prepare. So March 16th, you'll know. You'll know by March 16th at the latest if, if Jason's going to play. Uh, this season. I think he's going to play. If he wasn't going to play, that's when you would have the big send off and, 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 and the retirement speech. And I, I, you know, anybody can make any decision they want. I hesitate to do these types of things, but in the past, Jason, you know, has more seriously considered retirement. I would, I would phrase it as, uh, because maybe he was banged up a little bit more and the grind got to him a little bit more. And then I really think he had to take a step back and recharge the batteries. Now he still got banged up this year. That one press conference where he said, it's a knee, it's an ankle, it's a foot, everything. And he's, and he's playing through and obviously got hurt late in the season and played the one snap in week 18. Um, you know, uh, it's still a grind for him, but I do, if I'm a betting man, I, I do think he's going to play next season. And I'm sorry if I'm being a little intrusive by trying to figure out exactly where he stands and what his statement would be and what his mindset is. But we just went through this with Tom Brady and Tom Brady isn't even an Eagle. And it was intriguing to me because of the report came out and then he said it isn't true. And then he did his podcast and said, I'm going through the process. And like 13 hours later, he releases a statement that he's retiring. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit more intrigued by this than I was or should be just because of all the uh, back and forth and intrigue that the Brady retirement had. And oh, by the way, I'm not comparing Tom Brady to Jason Kelsey. I think Jason Kelsey is an all-time great center. Uh, Tom Brady is an all-time great quarterback. Sorry, just a little above and beyond. Uh, but one is a Tampa Bay Buck and the other is a Philadelphia Eagle. So yeah, we consider and, and care about Jason Kelsey that much more. Don't they get like the greatest swag bag for going to the Pro Bowl? How could Kelsey turn that down? Come on, that's like a highlight of anybody. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. really yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, I forget. Somebody was on recently. I Maybe you'll remember. Somebody said they can't even get the guys to go to Hawaii. Uh, forget about Orlando. I think it was Vinny. It might have been Vinny. 
um, Benny Serrata. So, yeah, now it's Las Vegas. Vegas. Is not a bad fallback position. Las Vegas. Orlando, a... Orlando didn't work. Orlando no. worked for the five guys out of the 50 some odd that are going to go down there who've got kids at the perfect age who are going to be able to go to Disney. Otherwise, Orlando isn't the draw that Hawaii and or Vegas. Yeah, I would say even Las Vegas isn't the draw Hawaii is. Remember, these guys can go to Las Vegas if they want to go to Las Vegas. So it's not that big of a deal for them. So, um, yeah, uh, it is. The Pro Bowl is what it is. I've I've always, you know, I probably said this to you before as well, Jody. I I do not like all-star games in any sport. And it's ironic to me, but I think in football it's worse. I just don't think the game is lends itself to an all-star format, and you can't play it half, you know, half-ass, fifty percent. You might get hurt. You just it it doesn't lean itself. But I used to love all-star games when I was young. I used to love the NBA all-star game, the MLB all-star game, and I just don't like any of them. And one day I woke up with an epiphany, and I finally got it. I go. All-star games are for kids. That's what they're for. They're not for adults. No. Uh, It's So let the kids have fun. Let them enjoy the all-star game, seeing the different thing. Um, But, yeah, they're they're dreadful. Yeah, but see, that's – and I know Vegas has changed as well, but still – if it's for kids, you don't need to have it in Las Vegas. Well, yeah. That is, well, that's that, that's yeah. kind of an adult city, even though yeah. they've attempted to change it over the years and make it more family friendly. It's forever going to be an adult city. So the the NFL, if you've got the right read on which I think you do, um, then I think the NFL is, is misplaced it in Las Vegas. Well, I don't mean live as much as, you know, just the television vehicle, the enjoyment. And I, I think that's more for kids than than adults but what do i know you mean they're not going to be packing the house in vegas this week for the oh it'll probably be packed but you know there'll be a lot of papering as they call it in the industry a lot of free tickets given out mm. around town there you go um and i feel the same way about all-star games the same as you uh the only one that i really actually get it i won't even say i get excited but i i feel the necessity to watch the entire game is the major league baseball all-star game because they actually try you can't take it's batter against pitcher no matter what level no matter the importance of the game no matter where you go see it it's batter against pitcher and that never changes the nfl game is a borderline joke because they don't play defense they don't hit it's like flag football, the NBA, and the NHL. No defense is played whatsoever. At least in baseball, it's batter against pitcher. So the the game at its core has to still be competitive. So that's why the only game that I make sure I watch every single bit. I don't even know if I've watched the Pro Bowl on Sunday. I'm sure it'll be on, uh, but I might be doing other things at the time. While Not going to get excited about those historic Pro Bowl moments. I love when they put that. You remember this Pro Bowl moment? No. No, I don't, NFL. I don't remember any of them. They showed not. one on uh, uh, Good Morning Football this morning on the NFL Network. Um, a blowout game they had 10 years ago, something like that. The uh, a- NFC was killing the AFC. The last play of the game who scores the final touchdown? And they give you like four names, three of which were offensive linemen. So you knew that it was going to be a hook and lateral, just keep throwing it backwards type play. 
and it actually turned out to be Alex Mack, the center, uh, who scored the last touchdown back when he was a member of the Cleveland Browns. Somehow I had forgotten that, John. I don't know how. Alex Mack scoring on the last play of a game yeah, you is would pretty think. historic and mo- monumental. Yeah, I had no friggin' clue that that was the guy. Yeah, you would think. Uh, I do not remember that, to say the least. I would not have known that in a million years. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I actually sat and watched the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, no interest. Not no interest whatsoever. in that. Thing. All right, listen, I brought this up before we went to break, uh, and I do want to ask you about it again. Maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here, but um, Jalen Hurts, who certainly is the constant topic of conversation here on Birds 365 and all your other media outlets here in Philadelphia, because everyone wants to know about quarterback. Who's the quarterback leading up to the Super Bowl? It's going to be all about Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford and how they were uh, put in place, the number one overall draft pick, as compared to a team that uh, gave up as much as they did. Which, by the way, quick aside, and I'll get to Jalen Hurts, I promise. Um, for those who are uh, contributing our stream here, my call lines on WIP, uh, the Eagles are going to be able to get uh, Russell Wilson for two number ones. They're only going to have to give up two. They're not going to have to give up all three. Matthew Stafford, who has not had the career or the resume that Russell Wilson did, cost uh, the Rams two ones plus a three plus their quarterback to be able to get their hands on Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford is not Russell Wilson. So please, and their ages are very similar, please don't tell me the Eagles are going. No one's going to be. The Eagles can put two draft picks together this year. How important do you really think that is? If it is my choice, if I'm a general manager, you can have the 16th and 17th pick of this year's draft, or you can have first-round draft picks for the next three years, plus a three or a four on top, which web am I going to take? I'm going to show a little patience. Give me the uh, quantity, not the quality of, ooh, two in a row, back to back, one year immediately. Yeah. It's going to be very expensive to get Russell Wilson. Those of you who think the Eagles are going to get him for 80 cents on the dollar, you're kidding yourself. Especially how things are shaping out with Tom Brady retiring. Uh, Looks like Aaron Rodgers is not going to be back at Green Bay. So that that domino still left the ball. We talked about Sean Payton. Um, NFC is going to be wide open next year. Um, somebody's going to be desperate, especially in that conference. And But people are going to be desperate even in the, the AFC as well to try to get in the conversation with the Chiefs and the Bills and, and now the Bengals. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you just – Nailed it with Matthew Stafford, who's, uh, you know, I think a lot more of him than you do. We've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, I think he's a, a very good quarterback. I don't think he's Russell Wilson. So, um, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot, um, but it's worth it because um, elevate, man. Look at Joe Burrow. Joe, now, different ways, as you mentioned, there's different ways to do it. They got the number one overall pick in a year where, uh, there was somebody worthy of it at the quarterback position. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, the, the Rams went about it a different way and got the veteran guy who just needed the pieces around them, and they're both in the Super Bowl. So there's different ways to do it, but if you're going to do it the Rams' way, yeah, you got to give up uh, 
you got to give up. And I asked Chris Franklin this uh, when you were gone yesterday, Jody. I, I, look, I don't get this league. And I, I'll ask Randy Mueller this tomorrow if we get around to it because we got so many things to talk to him about. But um, people in this league value draft picks like they're gold bars. I don't know. What do you want to describe it as opposed to the proven commodity? In a quarter in a, in a league where you know you need the quarterback, I don't get it. Who are you going to get at fifteen and sixteen and nineteen? Who do you think these people are? Now, they're more likely to be Jalen Rager than they are to be Russell Wilson. And then you're going to tell me Russell Wilson's going to be—he was a third-round pick. Yeah, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. There are many different ways, but you're playing the odds. This is a game of odds, and. We've seen quarterbacks can elevate teams, and you say the Eagles are not close. So many people have said that watching the playoffs. The Eagles are not close. The Eagles are not close. The Eagles are not close. They're not close. They are close with Russell Wilson. They're in the conversation with Russell Wilson. They're they're very close to being in the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Seattle stunk this year. They had Russell Wilson. How the hell did that happen? Well, again, every you know, same thing with the with the Detroit Lions with Matthew Stafford. It's not a guarantee. If you well, have the, a the good Lions team, have been bad for two decades. Seattle were only a couple of years removed from them winning Super Bowls with Russell Wilson. Well, yeah, but they it's not the same Seattle team. If 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 we know you know you've been around a long time, Jody. Sports are cyclical. You you gain talent, you lose talent. Look, I'm not saying he can elevate a bad team into being a Super Bowl contender. I'm saying he can elevate a playoff team into a Super Bowl contender. The Eagles were a playoff team. Now, we can debate were they a legitimate playoff team, the extra seed, all that kind of stuff. Bottom line, they were a playoff team. They were over 500 in the regular season. They weren't a bad team. Um they didn't beat a lot of great teams. We know all the context and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But yeah, if you put it Russell Wilson on that particular team, just like you put Matthew Stafford on the Rams, I think you're in the conversation. I'm not going to say you're in the Super Bowl. Too many things have to happen. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. Nothing's a guarantee in life. I'd rather have Russell Wilson than some slap you know what that somebody's talking up in mobile in february in the rain oh this guy's great this guy's great you know none of those guys are held accountable i hear so many people are great this time of year they like to say the draft starts in mobile jody i say the silly season starts in mobile everybody's great and then they never revisit it and, and say, oh, this guy's not that great. This guy's not that great. This guy's not that great. Now, sometimes you get, you know, you do get a great player. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, on and on and on. I'm not saying it's not worthy of it, but this league is bizarre the way they devalue proven talent against uncertainty. And I made this point, I think it was here on Bird 365, I know I did it on my WIP shows earlier this week. Now we know the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. 
the Bengals have been a build-it-from-the-draft-type team, certainly starting with Burrow. And, hey, when you got the number one pick in the draft in a year where a college quarterback has had the greatest season maybe in the history of college quarterbacks, it's kind of a no-brainer. Not, <coughs> not trying to give the Bengals too much credit here. They made an obvious pick. And, oh, by the way, it's paying dividends. Quick dividends. Two years later, he's got them in the Super Bowl. More power to them. But the Jamar Chase picks, the T. Higgins pick from the year before, the Everton, the, the kicker pick in the fifth round. Yeah. J. Mac, you've been doing this a long time. So have I. How many times have I heard this? How do you use a pick on a kicker? Kickers are a dime a dozen. What the hell are they thinking drafting a punter in the sixth round? How's McPherson doing for them? Oh. All he does is win games for them in the postseason. So the Bengals absolutely did it the right way. They built it up through the draft. They put a couple of key free agent, not big buck free agents, but upgrade, hold down the fourth free agents on their defensive line. Um, so their general manager, their organization, did a really nice job of not only building a winner, but building it quickly. Two years' time, boom, they went from 2-14 and 14 to the Super Bowl in two years. That's pretty damn impressive. And they did it mostly through the draft. Then you have the Rams, who were not afraid to go, we want to win, and we want to win now. And we do not, like John McMullen say, regard draft picks like bars of gold. If they are the, the ways to a means to an end, we're going to use them. That's how they got Jalen Ramsey. That's how they got Jared Goff. That's how they got Von Miller. They said, draft picks are maybes. And yeah, we may be screwing ourselves because we're not going to have any young players coming in. We're going to have to hit gold in undrafted free agents and the like. That's got to be part of their thinking, that they think their staff is so good that they're still going to be able to find players who are not tabbed in any of the seventh round and be able to bring them in and get them as contributors to the team. But they wanted stars, and they were willing to pay for stars. And, oh, by the way, those stars are playing for them. And I think Von Miller could be a key guy in this Super Bowl on Sunday. Certainly the quarterback is. It, it is very interesting that we have two different teams in the Super Bowl with two very different philosophies. Which way do you think the Eagles go? If this offseason is an indication of one of the two, and, yeah, it's going to come down to real a really simple deduction, are they going to package at least two of those picks for a quarterback? That's what we're going to judge it all by, John, is do they give up those picks to get themselves yeah. an upgraded quarterback or not? Yeah, and, you know, I do think it's all, you know, it's always complimentary because we can look at, you know, offensively, as you mentioned, the Bengals. And, oh, by the way, it helps when you're bad for an extended period of time and you have Joe Burrow, he's – Number one overall, Jamar Chase, who, what was he, number five overall? Um, you know, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, those guys, Joe Mixon, they're all draft picks. They were second round picks. But remember, when you're bad, those are high second round picks. So you're hitting on high second round picks. Uh, but then defensively, it was more of a free agency for Duke Tobin. And Trey Hendrickson is the one guy who said, all right. You know, they spent a little bit money, a little bit of money on him, and it worked out really well. So if you think about the Eagles in 2017 and how many times they hit on free agency, now it wasn't – he was the splash guy. But the other guys, you know, a woozy was, was from Dallas, the corner. Um, 
you know, he's not a big splash. Von Bell, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton's their best corner. He's a free agent. DJ Reader, they got from Houston as a free agent. These are all the Chris Longs and the LeGarrette Blunts and the Patrick Robinsons that all hit at the same time. So they kind of built the offense through the draft, but they built the defense through free agency. And a couple got Logan Wilson has turned into a really good player yep. as a draft choice early in his career. That was a guy I thought the Eagles should have been uh, on in the 2020 draft, and he's turned into a pretty good player. Uh, but for the most part, Jesse Bates as well was a relatively high draft pick, and Sam Hubbard was, I think, a day two pick. But um, for the most part, they built the defense on 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 the free agency part of it, built the offense in, in the draft, at least the, the really good core players. And then the Rams, yeah, the Rams are different than anybody. And I always say, Jody, look, I always talk about groupthink in this league because I think it's pervasive and it doesn't matter. You have this whole clash and we talk about it all the time, the analytics, the new age versus the old school guys and the analytics guys are taking over, but they still think the same way. Yeah. They, they all in their group, you know, you can take over, but if you all think the same way, then it becomes, okay, who does it the best? And they're like, you got to be the best of 32 if everybody's doing it the same way. Now everybody doesn't. And I always like the guys that that zag when everybody's zigging. It's always been Bill Belichick. Now it's the Rams. Nobody believes you build a team the way the Rams have built a team. Nobody in this league. But they're in the Super Bowl. And they're not only in the Super Bowl. They're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I like teams. I like organizations that think differently. I yeah, do. But th- then again, the jag zag when everybody else is zigging too, and they're just a bad. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't thing. work. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. It's not, not a given to just no. be the contrarian and uh, don't do the group thing. It do- it's not a lock for it to work for no. you. And it has worked for the Rams, but it doesn't work. For absolutely everybody. Uh, we got off on this topic, and, and shame on me, um, because I wanted to talk about Jalen Hurts having surgery. And we got off on quarterbacks and Russell Wilson and blah, blah, blah. Russ, first of all, he got hurt in the Giant game, which was with four weeks left to play. And I get it. He, he, they needed him. They weren't about to have surgery then and turn it over to Gardner Minshew. They still believed that Jalen Hurts was their best chance to make the playoffs and then win when they got there. Uh, so I'm not surprised that you didn't have it immediately. We saw him in the walking boot after the final game of the year. I'd never seen that before. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm a bit of a cynic. I said, well, wait a minute. He never needed a walking boot till now. And now they're going to put it out there because he lost a playoff game. Are they trying to absolve him of criticism or criti- it just there was something that was questionable about it to me. Now that he's actually having the surgery, I have to uh, question myself for wondering about it. Um, But they waited several weeks. Now, at least what's being reported, maybe you got more information than me, it's a minor surgery. It's not major surgery. It's not something that's going to take six months. It's something that he'll probably be okay with. And every report has said he'll be good in time for OTAs, which we still got months to wait before we get to. Um, So it's not a major surgery, but... 
why did they wait two weeks to get it done if it was necessary? Did he do something that actually made it worse or were they just uh, leaving everything they wanted to get away from it all? Or The timing of it still does intrigue me, John. You got any insight to that? Um, it, it Just the fact that it was what is described, I always love this term, cleanup surgery, a cleanup surgery. So it wasn't a serious surgery. So there was no debate on we got to get this thing. I get what you're saying. If you got to get this thing done as early as possible so you can be back for the offseason. There was no debate on whether he would be ready for, for OTAs or anything of that. So it wasn't a serious, um, like, tightrope ankle surgery like Lane Johnson has had in the past or anything of that nature, um, where then you could start asking why. Why not the timing? My only estimation on that is they wanted to see how the ankle reacted for a couple of weeks wearing the boot uh, to see if he could uh, calm it down a little bit and maybe do rehab, but he wouldn't need it. And and they came to the conclusion that now you might as well get it. And um, that's usually how these things happen. Um, you know, a lot of people, I always, you know, one of those terms were, and everybody says minor surgery. Uh, surgery is never minor to the people getting the surgery, only only to other people who say it, who describe it, that aren't getting the surgery. A lot of players, especially younger players, and Jalen's still very young, they don't want to go have surgery if they don't have to have surgery. They don't want their bodies uh, cut open. Um, so you you wait and you see how things happen. That's generally how these things work. And then when you don't see the things advancing to where you would potentially want them to advance, you know, you kind of talk and talk them into the surgery, so to speak. And the reason why I'm nitpicking and I'm readily admitting that this might be nitpicking. Um, it just doesn't add up that, that, that does bother me. If I can't understand a uh, time frame and uh, a timeline, it does get under my skin a little bit. Like we got a response here on the stream. Uh, sometimes they need to let the swelling and inflammation go down. He was hurt a month and a half ago against the Giants. <laughs> They've been yeah, waiting for the swelling to go down for all this time. That's, so he was playing uh, through this this whole time. And then he got to tack on two more weeks of the swelling to go down before you can do surgery. No, I just don't understand that. And I get it. With the, 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 the marginal... Uh, surgery that's going to be done it's not going to take whole have a lot of time but re rehab but you would like to think that he'll be working on his football skills all the way up till training camp the Jalen Hurts has areas that he needs to improve in you know them I know them well, most Eagle fans know them and one of the good things about Jalen Hurts is we all have complete faith oh he's going to put the time and effort in there are some guys that have come through this town over the years where we go is he really going to work at getting better at his game? No one is asking that question about Jalen Hurts. Everyone believes he is motivated. He is focused. He is the kind of guy who's going to put in the time, the effort, the work, whatever is necessary. You'd like to have that leading into camp. And you'd like to give him as much time as possible to do that. What did he accomplish the last two weeks? 
JM. What do you what do you think Jalen Hurts did these last two weeks? If he had had the surgery shortly after the final game against the Bucks, that just gives him that much more lead up time to be able to work on the things that he still needs to work on and get better. Because as of right now, despite you and I kicking back and forth, how many first round draft picks it's going to cost to get Russell Wilson? They haven't gotten Russell Wilson. The quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles is Jalen Hurts. So we need to stay on top of what Jalen Hurts is doing. Yeah, I'm not going to kill him for that. I mean, it's, you know, if this were the year, you know, we were talking about before the ankle surgery, is Jalen going to play in the Pro Bowl? You know, how many quarterbacks are going to drop out? Because he was an alternate. Obviously, he's not going to play in the Pro Bowl. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff he would be doing this time of year. This is the, you know, he'd probably be at the Super Bowl you know, as a starting quarterback in the NFL and doing some marketing stuff and all that kind of nonsense. And, you know, people do need to recharge their batteries. So Jalen's going to work harder than most. And then he'll get back to work with his uh, personal uh, quarterback coach um, um, that he does every year. Um, and, and, you know, this would have been the downtime anyway. Uh, you do. We just talked about it with Jason Kelsey as an older player. Man, after an NFL season, you need to recharge your batteries, even if you're healthy. And few people are healthy. And he needed to recharge the batteries, certainly from his ankles perspective. And now that he's getting surgery, and he got the surgery on Wednesday, um, yeah, he'll be fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be concerned about Jalen Hurts's uh, work ethic. I, I will say he's going to work harder than right. There's 32 starting quarterbacks in this league. I'm going to put him. I, I, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but I think he's got a top 10 work ethic. I don't, I mean, I'm not I mean, even concerned. Yeah, I think he's a top two or three work ethic guy. So that's why I'm, my, my skepticism is tempered because I trust Jalen Hurts and his dedication to his position and to make himself better uh, to the degree that I am. All right. Uh, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your birds, 365 Mac and Mac guys. We still got a half an hour to go. More, more football talk coming your way. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Magamag guys here on a Birds 365 Thursday. Yes, we've got one more day tomorrow and uh, Randy Mueller is going to join us, former NFL executive who we've had on the show several times uh, prior. Always good when he comes on. Looking forward to talking to Randy about uh, the Senior Bowl and scouting and the NFL lawsuit. I'm sorry, we're going to have to touch on this tomorrow because it's certainly something that he had to deal with as an executive in the NFL. Um, so a whole bunch of things. Very much looking forward to talking to him about that. I am going to look forward to watching some more Senior Bowl practice today, which let me ask you a question about that, John. I was surprised. Shame on me. I should have known this because I watch the NFL Network every morning before you and I come on. That's I put on uh, uh, NBC Sports Philly, see if they got the Eagle news on their overnight little 15-minute snippet show. And then I turn over to the NFL Network the hour before you and I jump on board and see if there's any overall NFL Network news. And I swore that I had seen a, a commercial promotion, whatever, for them doing coverage from the Senior Bowl this week. And I went to watch it on Monday and it was not. I had to go looking for it. I did not know that ESPN had, and this is a TV property like everything else for the NFL, if they can sell it to another network for more money than they can keeping it themselves and putting it on their network, it all comes down to where you can generate the most dollars. So ESPN had to pay good money to get the senior ball practices because for many a year, I know it was on the NFL network. So I put on ESPN and it's not on there. So I put on an ESPN two and it's not on there. And I get it. It's collegiate players or they were collegiate players once they've uh, basically made themselves available for the draft. They're no longer collegiate players, but they put it on ESPN U. ESPN U. See, I didn't even know. I, yeah. I, 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 I thought you were going to the Ocho, ESPN Ocho. No, 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 no. ESPN U is where it's been the last two days and will be again today. And yeah. every once in a while, I float over to ESPNU either for a college football game on a Saturday afternoon or a college basketball game. Yeah. Usually, if there's a college basketball game on ESPNU, it's because there's a college basketball game on ESPN. And the college basketball game on ESPN is better than the college basketball game at ESPNU. So I'm not on ESPNU all that much, but that's where they put the Pro Bowl practice, the, the Senior Bowl practices Really, they paid that much money to take it away from the NFL Network, yet that's where they're going to stick it? Didn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, I it, it probably indicates they didn't have to pay that much money. We're not talking about NFL rights, so that that's probably a clear indication. If they had to pay that much money, it would be on ESPN. So, you know, people in my industry get very into it, understandably why, and hardcore draft people – get very into it but for the casual fan you know i always say you know watching football practice isn't the most exciting thing in the world i've been to hundreds thousands of them over the years yeah, you the do most... you how many you you do three a week well no yeah. not this year 
because walkthroughs yeah. don't count. Well, and even over the years, right? Prior camps, to COVID, yeah. you used to live at practices. Oh, my God. But prior to two days, I mean, back in those days, I mean, woo, all day uh, you would be at uh, at the facility. And, and, you know, back then NFL teams would go to college campuses more than not. Now everybody's taking it in-house because they don't have as much practice time. But, um, yeah, so they're not the most exciting things in the world for the for the casual fan. And remember, most casual fans don't even know these players yet, a vast majority. They're getting to know them. And that's where the silly season begins. And now, you know, Kenny Pickett, we're talking about quarterbacks. He's got small hands, Jody. He's got small hands. We're going yeah, down so, that route. So does Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say. How bad did that have on Joe Burrow? Yeah, I was going to say, 2020, you heard the same thing about Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, silly season. That's what I call it. Ridiculous. And it's so funny that you went down the – I took you down the practice path. Uh, I've never been a beat reporter like you. You you, you are a hardworking man. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I would uh, always love – going to Eagles practices up at Lehigh for years. We'd make two or three trips up during the month long period and do a show from there. And just as much fun as I would have getting to watch them practice. And I'd be on the air, but during a break you go over, you watch a drill or two, you can pick up a little knowledge. We'd have a player come through and we'd get to do a couple interviews, which would always be great. But just as much fun for me was watching the people Watching the players, people watching. <laughs> yeah, some of them so pumped up and screaming and yelling at the eagle player and cheering and deriding the guys as they're going through practice. And uh, you do it enough, so I know you understand it. I do it minimally, but I was smart enough to understand it. Some drills are run at a different pace than other drills. And some they're just trying to teach and some they're trying to get work in and practice. Oh, there's a whole bunch of fans that don't understand that. That are like oh, screaming yeah. at guys, how can you do, what are you doing? It's like a walkthrough is what it is. They'll have walkthrough moments in an actual practice, but you can't tell some of the fans that. That's that's what I'm, and I only did it like a handful of times a year. You do it a handful of times a week, but I truly miss that. You don't have to deal with it anymore because there aren't any fans at the practices but when you there's had, some uh, in, in training camp the eagles do let in um uh, and again obviously pre-pan pre-pandemic i'm talking about um but even last year they let a few fans in um some training camp practices and yeah it's the same thing i mean doug doug peterson and andy reed used to run what are called 2020 20 practices and you know, in essence, you have three different phases, 20 minutes for the offense, 20 minutes for the defense, uh, you know, very light practices. Uh, and those are designed for uh, the offensive period would be to, you know, help the offense execute. The defense would be give them certain looks and they would try to execute the plays. And, yeah, you would see some terrible interceptions and fans would go nuts, go nuts have no idea that uh, the offense is trying to service the defense and help mm -hmm. the defense out. And they're just throwing it up there and they think it's the worst throw in the history of mankind. Yeah. 
And that's the Eagles were very cognizant of that. And they even would publish, they would make sure to tell every reporter there, this is a 2020 practice. You know, don't report, you know, the worst throw in the history right. of mankind. At least know what you're watching. Um, and yeah, sometimes even even the reporters don't know what they're watching, to be honest with you. Uh, they should. And my only knock with the reporters over the last decade or so, not you, but some of your brethren, the overexcitement of guys in shorts at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Yes, Nelson Aguilar, I'm talking about you. Yes, Jalen Rager, I'm talking about you. Yes, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I'm talking about you. And uh, I'm sure they've scrubbed it from their websites, but and I'm not going to name names, but there were way too many guys who got too excited about Eagle wide receivers because they were running good patterns and training kids. Well, and, and their defense, and I am going to do, and I've been in that category as well. I mean, you can only report on what you're watching at the time. And in the off season, that's all you're watching. So you do, I mean, there are certain guys, Nelson Aguilar is a perfect example. You brought him up. I mean, Nelson is a great, great off season player <laughs> because he is a phenomenal athlete. He's a great route runner. So if you're in a t-shirt and shorts, that dude looks good. But you're right. I mean, I I go all the way back to a, you can look him up, a, a, a kid by the name of Kyrie's Hebert, Herbert, whatever his name is. I, I don't know how he pronounced it, but he became a star in the CFL. I remember seeing him in his rookie year. In, in in Minnesota, Jody, I never saw better safety in my life. I thought it was Ronnie Lott in, in, incarnate. And the minute he put on the pads, uh, I said, oh, okay, uh -oh. now I get it. <laughs> Just wasn't that, – and that was a different time where you had to be physical and, and to play that particular position. But I think, it, you know, our buddy Ruben Frank did something on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. It's interesting because this is just out of the blue – and he went back and looked at some uh, scouting reports on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside that everybody wants to scrub, but they can't scrub. You know, J.J. was a good player at Stanford, a really good player. And the Eagles weren't, you know, out on a limb drafting him where he got drafted. There were a lot of people. If the Eagles didn't take him, he was going off quickly. Oh, it wasn't like, don't do that. That's rubbing salt in the wounds. Don't, don't go there, John. I don't want to know that the, the Eagles, somebody could have beaten the Eagles to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Now well, that just my, makes my, it that much more painful. My larger point being people like to pretend after the fact that, um, you know, J.J.'s terrible. How could the Eagles possibly take J.J. Arcega-Whiteside? What a disaster, blah, blah, blah. And they said the exact same. And I'm talking about, obviously, draft people, media people. They were saying great things about him before the Eagles drafted him. And, and then they go down that route. I'll be the interested. Look, I'll be the first to pat myself on the back. Aaron Donald is my favorite NFL hit ever in my life because I called him the best player in the draft, and it worked out for me. I also thought Ryan Leaf was going to be better than Peyton Manning. So I'm not going to run away from my failures. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I get them right, just like everybody else. And sometimes I get them wrong. And, but,
But, you know, it's interesting because what you don't have as somebody like me, never mind a fan, I don't get to talk to these kids. I don't I don't know Ryan Leaf has got serious psychological issues. I'm just looking at the kid's talent. Um, it's hard. It is hard to get these things right. And then you start talking about off the field things. Uh, we know, unfortunately, what happened to Henry Ruggs this offseason. There's so many things that go into it. But, man, these people are so sure. You'll see it all week. It started today. It started this week in the senior bowl. They're so sure Kenny Pickett can't play. He's got small hands. He can't play. I don't know. I don't know if he can play yet, Jody. We'll see. We'll see. Well, from the uh, take some credit where you're right and take some blame where you're wrong uh, category, which Johnny Mack just walked into, I will do the same. I didn't like the Nelson Aguilar pick and was well on record when the Eagles made it. I did not like the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside pick when they made it, and I was well on record saying it. Yeah, here's where I was wrong. Even though I said they should take Justin Jefferson, I actually thought Rager was going to be a player. I was like, okay, I'm not going to kill a pick. I'm just going to suggest they could have gone in a different direction and it might have been better. I would have taken Justin Jefferson. But I actually thought Jagan Lorega was going to be a player. I said the Eagles couldn't mess it up that bad because both of them can play and they're they they're in need. They're going to fill a need. And yeah, this oops, yeah, Jalen Lorega, not near as good as the Eagles thought or I thought either. So sometimes you get them some right, and sometimes you get them half wrong, half right. And that's what uh, Jalen Rager was for me. All right, speaking of which, but by the way, you should read that, Jody, real quick, uh, Ruben Franco. Because Ruben's got some receipts. I'm laughing. I'm laughing reading what people said about JJ. And now they run away from it. Uh, so you should check it out. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Now this is, and uh, the kid from USC is very highly thought of, as a matter of fact. Uh, and if the Eagles decide to go there, which I think you and I both agree they probably won't, but I'm not going to say 100% yet. I just don't like, Pac-12 wide receivers. And I know that's uh, a very broad brush to be painting with, but the the record is what the record is, and Pac-12 wide receivers aren't Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12, the ever-increasing Pac that is out there on the West Coast. I just generally have issues with guys that come out of that conference. Um, Any chance... The Eagles use one of their three wide receiver picks, their three first-round draft picks on a wide receiver because if J.J. Arcega-Whiteside wasn't picked where he was picked, if Jalen Rager wasn't picked where he was picked, if you just stack it up and take former draft assets used completely out of the conversation, the Eagles need an upgraded wide receiver bad. Maybe as much as they do, you know how I feel about cornerback. I get it. They need to get a little younger, and Zach Mack wasn't as good as we thought. I'm not writing him off, but he just didn't have as good a rookie year as I hoped, and I would assume you hope too. I want to see Steven Nelson come back. I certainly believe they're going to take a cornerback before they're going to take a wide receiver. I would take a wide receiver because I see it as a bigger need. Purely from a need standpoint, 
And yes, I get it that free agency will have already well started before the draft time comes around. And that will dictate that more than anything else. But what do you think uh, of what the Eagles have on their roster right now is a bigger need, wide receiver or cornerback? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I I don't think they have a lot of depth at corner. Uh, and you do have a, a free yep. agent. They don't even have with. starters in the, the, the wide receiver. Jalen Rager, not a starter. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside shouldn't be on the no, team. I, I, you can't I even was, get I, the depth. you got to go through guys who have to play before you get the depth. Yeah, I was I was thinking about it. I was sort of thinking out loud, and I started at corner. At, at receiver, it's Devontae, and, you know, I've said it pretty consistently that I wouldn't be against – blowing up the entire room Wipe it if, clean. You, if you needed to. Now, I would bring back Quez Watkins. It doesn't hurt. He's on his rookie deal. So I'm being a little bit uh, uh, a little bit of hyperbole thrown Not in there because there, there's no reason you shouldn't bring Quez Watkins back. But I hear what you're saying. I, I, and I do think the past failures uh, do play into it, and they shouldn't. And you shouldn't, you know, if you keep getting wrong, you should – you keep going back, but hey, I keep thinking. Well, I don't think, and I'm going to say this to the day of the draft. I can tell you that right now, Jody. I don't think they're taking three first round picks, number one. So, um, I do think they're going to come out with an edge rusher first and and a corner second, um, and and that's the way they'll go about it. And I doubt they'll try to do something and 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 try to get out of the first round, maybe a future pick. No guarantee you can do that. I, I will say, though, there are certain teams, and the Eagles are one. Look, the Eagles are good at developing offensive linemen. We know it. they got a bunch of undrafted kids who can play. They've been terrible at, 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 at developing wide receivers, with the exception of Devontae Smith. And I would argue the difference there is, besides talent, he was almost a finished product. Yes. He was already, he, he was already a, a, a good route runner. He was already very very finished. Um, They're not good at developing guys. uh, And it haven't been for years over different coaching staffs. And this staff was supposed to have a lot of receiver expertise. Well, guess what? They got worse. They got worse. I I haven't seen that expertise yet, John. They got, they got worse when it came to development. Uh, As I said, I put Devontae off to the side. I think he's was a pretty finished product when they got him. Um, so sometimes I have to accept my limitations as an organization. If I'm Howie Roseman and say, all right, let me go out and free agency and get a finished product to help. Cause I haven't seen these guys develop receivers. That's where that's, I would. Be. That's probably a pretty good uh, read on it. All right. When we come back, we only got a couple of minutes, so we got to put a ball on the show. Uh, I'm assuming you guys brought this up at some point yesterday. I don't know if you did or didn't, um, but I do want to bring it up. About a team that the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing, not once, twice next year. Commanders. With a new name. I got a little bit of a different take than everybody else that I'm seeing commenting on uh, who the Eagles are going to be playing twice next year. Come back and do that to wrap up the show here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. 
go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Before we do, during the break, I Googled 2022 Philadelphia Eagles schedule. And it took me to this website called FBSschedules.com. I don't even know what it is, uh, but it certainly lists the Eagles schedule. And there it is, right on top. Date TBA, Washington Commanders. At Lincoln Financial Field, game two listed is at Washington Commanders, FedEx Field, Landover, Maryland. Okay, maybe they're doing the whole divisional thing first. Next, at the Chicago Bears, at the Dallas Cowboys, at the Detroit Lions, at the Houston Texans. Well, then why the hell were the Washington Commanders up there first, first and second? And then they go to a bunch of road games. Then they start back up with home games. Home New York Giants, home Green Bay Packers, home Minnesota Vikings, home Jacksonville, home Te- at Arizona. And they only have one road game in the middle of all these home games. So I got no freaking idea what this, the, the reasoning of the listing of these teams are. But I wanted to see if some websites had actually gone so far as upgrade and the new name of the new Washington football team. 
and they have on FBS schedule. I give them credit for at least doing it. Don't quite understand their order of listing all of the games, which have no date attached yet. We know who the Eagles will be playing. We know where they'll be playing. We just don't know when they'll be playing yet. But there it is, the Washington uh, Commanders. I've seen a lot of people chime in on this, give opinions on this. I understand that uh, being contrarian is a way to go. I'm contrarian about certain things. I only have one issue with this. I actually like the name. I understand it's Washington, the commander-in-chief, blah, 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 blah. I like the tides. I like the line of logic. I like the thinking. I get the whole uniform color scheme. They want to stay vigilant with what has been their colors for decades on top of it. And they've modernized it a little bit. I don't think it's a bad look at all. I kind of like their uniforms. The only thing that just absolutely killed me, John, did you see the numbers on the logo? Um, I did and this see is not the on the uniform, but they have a logo as the well. Shield, the shield logo. The shield, yeah, yes. I, I saw it, but I guess I didn't pay I'll that tell, much. I'll tell you what it is. They acknowledged the championships won by the organization. And they put the years that the championships are won. Now, there were two before. All right, now, yeah, now I got it up. All right, so I see it. Right. Uh, established 1932, and then they got the championships, 37, 42, 83, 88, 92. Yeah. All right. The, the two prior to the beginning of the Super Bowls are perfectly fine. Do you see the problem with those that were actual Super Bowl years? Um, did they screw it up? Oh, I yeah. Yeah. They I, used the year that they the, won the Super Bowl in, in. Yeah. rather than the regular season. For an example, when did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Yeah, 2017. And no, according to the Washington Commanders, yeah. they won it in 2018. Yeah, that's a bad that's job. that's when the Super Bowl was played. Yeah, that's How a bad job. How can you screw something like that up? Well, you know, I find, and this is a big problem for me, and I don't know if you saw it. You probably saw this because it was all over. The Sixers, uh, a couple of days ago, put Julius Irving on the scoreboard, and they spelled it I-R-V-I-N-G. Oh well, this this generation is not in the history. So you know who's doing that. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And you can't force people to learn about history. So that would be, but I agree, that's an egregious mistake. Yeah, and the thing about the Sixers, oh, it was bad. And yeah, I saw the, they. and the problem is at the game that day, somebody notices that you pull it down, it's gone, it's over and done with. Oh, no, not in 2022. It's around forever because somebody took a picture of it and somebody put it on the internet. So now it's going to be there forever. You used to be able to move past your mistakes rather quickly, not in our advanced technology society in which we live these days. But that's bad. You ca- you gotta know it's the year of the regular season, yeah. not the date of the Super I'm with Bowl. You. How I'm many with people's you. hands did that have to pass through to get uh, approved to not exactly catch that and change that before it became their logo? Well, I'm guessing everybody in that organization that works in marketing and has no idea when they won, who they won with, and. Uh, the, the Washington is not alone in that. I will say that as bad as they are as an organization, 
Yeah, history is not the strength of 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 people who don't care about history. And the question is, how long will it take me to not call them the Redskins and call them the Commander? I I, I got better this year. I was better. The Commanders. Only By the way, I started getting used to Washington football team. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'm, move I'm on. You know, you know, when that afflicted me was, I it, it took me a solid eight nine years to call the Oakland team the Los Angeles Raiders. And no sooner had I gotten really good at it, they moved back to friggin' Oakland. So I hope the Redskins are never there. And now you got to deal with Las Vegas. I still call the Chargers San Diego yeah. occasionally. I mean, yeah, it's the, the Rams even. I'll throw out a St. Louis and an L.A. back and forth. Oh, sure. Uh, we'll get used to calling the team that the Eagles are going to have to play twice a year. Every year for however many more years, John McMullen and I are watching this football team, the Commanders. I like the I like the name. I'm okay with the name. I'm okay with the uniform. You got to get that logo cleared up. All right, uh, J Mac, good show. Uh, got Randy Mueller tomorrow. We'll have uh, hoping uh, somebody else maybe will be able to punch up. Uh, good job out of you being able. Shoot, you had to talk without me for two hours yesterday. You had to talk to me for two hours today. We'll do it again tomorrow, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks, Jody. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.